I love a good redemption story, don't you? I love a good story about somebody whose life is all messed up. And then all of a sudden, something happens or somebody intervenes. And that life gets completely turned around. And that person goes from self-imposed misery to a genuine joy. And from being an outcast to being included. I think that's why uh, every year around Christmas, I've always loved seeing the film versions of Dickens' Christmas Carol. I just kind of wait for that. And uh, I guess this past uh, Christmas, I probably saw four or five different versions of it. Uh, when I was a kid, there was only one that was shown on, on TV. There probably was only one in existence. Uh, but uh, it was the one that, uh, that starred Reginald Owen. And uh, Reginald Owen will always be Scrooge for me. And uh, it was that great story about how he went from being the, uh, the uh, bah humbug guy uh, to being the most generous uh, man in town who loved Christmas and learned to love other people. And I just, I just love that turnaround. And that's really what you get in the story of Zacchaeus, isn't it? Uh, is a story of redemption, a story of a turnaround, a redemption in the fullest sense of the term, because it tells about a man who gets turned around all of a sudden one day when he met Jesus. Because at the first of the story, Zacchaeus is lost but we also find out that Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus, and he didn't know it, but Jesus was looking for him. When we first meet Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, he's as lost as a man can get. You know, because of the children's song, about the only thing we usually remember about him is that he was what? A wee little man, yeah. That's about all that, uh, that we remember about him. We'll probably forget that now. But we're told more about him than that in Luke 19. Uh, we know that he lived in the city of Jericho because that's where Jesus was passing through on his way to Jerusalem when he met Zacchaeus. We know also that he was a chief tax collector. Now that's an interesting term because nobody else in the New Testament is called by that title. There are other tax collectors, but he's the only chief tax collector. And we don't really have any information about what a chief tax collector was or what a chief tax collector did, but I think we can figure it out. You know, the tax collectors typically extorted taxes from the people that they were given control over, and that's why they were disliked, even hated as much as they were, and looked down on as immoral and as traitors and, and as thieves. And so a chief tax collector was probably not only collecting the taxes he collected himself, but getting a cut from the taxes of the tax collectors under him. It was kind of multi-level marketing applied to taxes. And so that's the reason probably that he was a rich man. He got rich being a tax collector. He got rich being a chief tax collector uh, because tax collectors collected taxes from their own people that eventually made their way to help support the Roman occupation of Palestine, they were deeply disliked. And so you can be pretty sure that nobody in Jericho liked Zacchaeus. Nobody. He didn't have a single friend in that town. And he knew it. But even being a, a sinner isn't the worst thing that we learn about Zacchaeus. 
Because look at verse 10. Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the worst thing. He was lost. He was lost. We've sung several songs this morning that talk about that. I was lost, but Jesus found me. Found the sheep that went astray. I don't know if you've ever been lost or not physically, but it is not a good feeling. Uh, I have been a couple of times in my adult life. I probably was more so as a child. But I've been lost a couple of times, and I don't like it. You know, you get disoriented. You don't know the way out. You, you know where you want to be, but you know you're not there. And what an appropriate word to describe somebody who is lost and away from God. Lost and not knowing how to get where we need to be. And as bad as it is to be lost physically, it's much worse to be lost spiritually. And that's what Zacchaeus was. Jesus came to seek and to save him because he was cut off from God. He didn't have a future. No future except being separated from God for all eternity. That was it. That's what lostness is. Separated from God for all eternity. And God is the source of everything good. And so to be lost means to be cut off from everything good for all eternity. And what a horrible thought that is. And it's sin, the Bible tells us, that separates us from God. And that's what it separated Zacchaeus from God. We don't know what all of his sins were, but obviously greed and dishonesty were two of them because that's what he repents of in verse 8. He says, uh, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone, and he knows that he has, then I'll restore whatever I've defrauded fourfold. So we know that he had a lot to repent of. He had a lot of sin. He was among the millions of people who've been deceived by the lie that money can make you happy and money can make you fulfilled. Because when we read about him, he's not a fulfilled man. He's not a happy man. He is a lost man. But all of that quest for money, ever, all that it ever got him was the disdain of his neighbors and alienation from God. He was lost in the fullest sense of the word. But the main reason he was lost was because he did not yet know his Savior. He didn't know the rescuer. He didn't know the redeemer who had come to save him from his sins and from himself. And so he was as lost as lost can get. What he didn't know is that he was also looking. And that's why he was looking, because he was lost. The Bible says in verse 3 of chapter 19 that he was seeking to see who Jesus was. And when he couldn't see him because he was short, he ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed up in a tree so that he could see Jesus. He wanted to get a good look. Now, that's a pretty undignified thing for a rich tax collector to do. I don't know how old he was, but I'm assuming he was at least probably a middle-aged man. And for a middle-aged man to go running ahead of a crowd in order to, you know, get ahead of the parade and climb up in a tree and perch up there, pretty undignified thing to do. But that tree not only gave him a vantage point for seeing Jesus, it also gave him a hiding place to not be seen by the other townspeople in Jericho. But the question is, now, why, why did he want to see Jesus? What compelled him 
to do such an undignified thing? What compelled him to try so hard to do what he did? Well, look at verse 3. Verse 3 might suggest that he had no idea who Jesus was because the Bible says he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But I suspect he, he knew about Jesus already, otherwise he wouldn't have gone to that much trouble. I'm wondering if he knew there was a crowd going by and he just didn't know which one is Jesus. That he had heard about him, but he wants to know which one of these is Jesus. And he wanted to get a good, clear look at him. He wanted to know who this was. What did this man look like that he had heard so much about? And I suspect he went to all that trouble because he had heard that this man, Jesus, was known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And if there's one thing Zacchaeus didn't have in Jericho, it was a friend. Oh, he might have had some business associates, some other tax collectors, but what kind of friendship would that be? Because they knew they were making money off each other, and it's hard to have a friendship over that, isn't it? So he didn't know that he had a friend in Jesus, or he had heard that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners, and he maybe wanted him to be his friend. He might have even heard about the parable that Jesus told just one chapter before this one in Luke, in Luke 18, the parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. And, he, and if he'd heard about that, I'm sure that parable really appealed to him. Because how many times in Jewish society did a tax collector come off looking better than a Pharisee? And you remember that both of them went up to the temple to pray at the same time. And the Pharisee was looking up to God and and praying and congratulating himself and his goodness and saying, God, I thank thee that I'm not like other men. And he starts talking about how good he is. You know, I fast twice a week and I tithe of all that I get. And, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like that guy over there. I'm thankful I'm not like that tax collector. He was just filled with pride and self-sufficiency. The tax collector, Jesus says in that parable, stood afar off. He didn't feel like he was worthy of the company of other people. And so he stood far off and he beat himself on the breast and he just said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But the good part of the story is Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And I promise you, if Zacchaeus had heard that story, he thought, not only does a Pharisee, I mean, does a tax collector come off looking better than a Pharisee, but a tax collector can be justified. And so he wants to see this man, Jesus. What an appeal that story would have had for him. But the text also suggests that Zacchaeus had a deep longing within himself for redemption. I get the impression he wanted a better life. He wanted forgiveness. He was tired of being left out in the cold. He was tired of being shunned by everybody. He was tired of knowing that he didn't have a place with God. And he wanted to be at peace with God, but he wasn't. He had that longing that all of us feel that eventually draws us to put our trust in Jesus and be forgiven. That's what draws us. We want to be okay with God. 
And we know we aren't forgiven without him. We know that we're out in the cold, and we want to be forgiven. We want that more than anything else in the world. And so like Zacchaeus, we seek. So he's not, he's not only lost, he's looking. He's looking for something better. But what Zacchaeus didn't know is that he was, while he was looking for Jesus, Jesus was looking for him. And you see, here's the important thing, is that Jesus was looking for him. That's the most important part of the story. Jesus knew right where Zacchaeus was. He knew he was perched up in that tree. He stopped right under that tree. And he looked up and he spoke to Zacchaeus and he says, I want you to come down. Notice what he says. I must stay at your house today. Notice that word must. It's a little three-letter word in the original and it, and it means there is a divine necessity. There is a divine necessity for me to stay at your house today. What in the world does that mean when it's said to a man like Zacchaeus? Did Jesus come to Jericho specifically to look for this one man, for this chief tax collector, this thief, this outcast from his people, had he actually made his way through Jericho looking for this one man? Was Zacchaeus that important? Was he maybe an example of just how lost a person can be and still be valued by God? Zacchaeus, you come down. I must stay at your house today. Well, Zacchaeus did what Jesus said. He hurried and he came down, the Bible says, and he received him joyfully. Do you have any idea how long it had probably been since anybody but another tax collector had been in Zacchaeus' house? It had probably been years since anybody had been in his house as a guest unless it was another tax collector. None of the decent town folk would have dared gone to Zacchaeus' house because then they would have been an outcast because he was an outcast. And if you go and associate with an outcast, then you're going to become one. So they're not going to go to his house. And so he hasn't had anybody come to his house. But Jesus went. And the reaction of the town folks is predictable. Notice what the Bible says. It says they all grumbled and said, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Notice it just says they. And, and I try to look for the antecedent of that. What, who's the they? And there's nobody else mentioned in the story, but it's got to be everybody else in Jericho. Everybody else in Jericho who knows about this grumbles about it. Nobody thinks this is a good idea. Nobody thinks that Jesus or anybody else ought to go to the house of a man like that. And so they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But what they didn't know is that that's exactly why Jesus came. To seek and to save the lost. Even a rascal like Zacchaeus wasn't too lost for Jesus to seek and to save him. And see, here's the key to the whole redemption story of Zacchaeus if Jesus hadn't been looking for him it wouldn't have done him any good to look for Jesus those two things had to meet if Jesus hadn't been looking for him 
It wouldn't have done any good for him to look for Jesus. Just imagine if Jesus had never come into the world and people wanted to know God and tried to seek God. How, how, would, we, how would we do it? Well, just look around and you'll see how people do it. We probably worship material objects. We probably think that we could do something like build a tower for ourselves up to heaven. Exalt ourselves to the point that God would, would have us. Maybe think that we could be good enough that finally God would say, okay, you've passed the test. You can have a relationship with me. But the story of redemption of the Bible is that God has sought us. And that's the only reason we're able to find him. Remember why Jesus was in Jericho in the first place. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to the cross. This is his last stop before he gets to Jerusalem, where he will die for the sins of the whole world, including the sins of Zacchaeus. This is where he makes his final appearance before he gets to that city where he'll lay down his life for people like Zacchaeus and people like you and people like me so that all of us can be found. He came looking for us. Jericho is just the last stop before he goes to his death. This is the end of Jesus' long journey to Jerusalem and the cross it's recorded in chapters 9 through 19 in Luke. And so the episode with Zacchaeus coming at the end of that is kind of a microcosm of the whole redemption story of the Bible. It's what it's all about. The whole story from Genesis 1 through the end of Revelation is about God seeking and saving lost people. It's about God seeking and saving people who don't deserve it, even people who other people think shouldn't be saved. People just like Zacchaeus. That's the uniqueness of our faith. The uniqueness of our faith is that in the person of his own son, God came looking for us. I was lost, but Jesus found me. Found the sheep that went astray. And so we have those parables about lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son because that's what the whole story is, seeking and saving that which is lost. That's the uniqueness of our faith. God came looking for us. You see, God is not passive about whether or not we find him. He's not passive about whether or not we find him. He is passionate that we do so. He is passionate that we come to know him at any cost, and Jesus was about to pay that cost. So what did Zacchaeus do in response to Jesus seeking him? Well, he did what Jesus told him to do. He came down out of his perch. The Bible says he received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. He didn't sit up there in the tree and say, I don't know. I don't know. You know, most people don't treat me very well, and if I get too close to him, no telling what he might do. He just came down and he received him joyfully. He was so moved by Jesus' acceptance of him and showing that he cared about him that he repented 
of all of his wrongdoings. And he said, half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I want you to think about that. He's going to give half of everything he has to the poor. And whatever he's defrauded, and he's probably defrauded a lot, he's going to restore it fourfold. My guess is that's not going to leave him much. That's not going to leave him a rich tax collector the way that he was. But Zacchaeus didn't care. He didn't care because he was lost and he'd now been found. Why do redemption stories appeal to us? Because they tell us there's hope. They tell us there's hope for everybody. They tell us there's hope for us. Just like old Scrooge. Just like Zacchaeus. There's hope for everybody because there's redemption in Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus' story can be your story as well if it isn't already. Jesus has come looking for you just as he did for Zacchaeus. And he may be standing under your tree right now just waiting for you to come down in response and receive him joyfully. So there's a choice. Do you stay up in hiding in the tree and remain lost? Or do you come down and meet Jesus? Receive him joyfully and know what it means to be found. Let's stand and sing.